Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. This is Legacy Heating and Air Game Day with Tim Growl and Vince D'Addario on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT. They did the mash. They did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. They did the mash. It caught on in the It's holiday weekend and it's a Notre Dame home game Irish weekend. So it's a no-brainer that we're going to have our music today based around Halloween. So what will it be tonight? Trick or treat for the Fighting Irish? Let's all hope it's a treat as your Fighting Irish take on a very challenging opponent in the Tar Heels of North Carolina. All hope is that Notre Dame can expand on the O-line and quarterback performances from last week against USC. But it's just time for football talk, memories, stories. On the show today will be the one and only Rudy Rudiger, Chris Haynes, Coach Johnny Rollins, multimedia guru Lynn Clark, and for our Put Me In Expanded Coach segment, Bobby Brown. Let's bring in the guy that had a busy night again last night calling high school football. The days are counting down, but hopefully our teams will continue to move on. He's got another three weeks of doing that. Vince D'Addario, good afternoon, Vince. Hey, what's going on, Tim? Hey, so tell me what last night. I, I honestly haven't had a chance to – Matt was just telling me scores or whatever. You had the, the cave-in last night. What happened with that game last night? Well, it was a rematch uh, with Concord and Mishawaka in the regular season. Concord won that game by 14. Um, it was kind of a mistake-filled game for Mishawaka. Obviously, we call all the Mishawaka games on WSBT. And uh, this time around, was that was not the case. Mishawaka pretty much took control of that game early, went up 14 nothing, ended up being up 35 to nothing before Concord finally scored kind of a – you know, a, a touchdown against the second teamers for Mishawaka, and the final score was thirty-five to seven, and wow. it wasn't close at all. I mean, the score obviously says it wasn't close, but um, yeah, it, it wasn't close. Notre, I mean, Mishawaka's offense dominated; their defense, you know, dominated. Uh, they had negative yards rushing um, against, so Concord had negative yards rushing until. That touchdown run of 12 yards got them to nine yards total yards on the ground. So, I mean, Mishawaka's defense came to play. It was a rainy, soggy mess, and Concord likes to throw the ball around. It didn't work out too well in those conditions. And, of course, we know what Mishawaka likes to do, triple option, run the ball, and it played right into their hands. So, Mishawaka moves on. They're going to play for the sectional championship at home next week against Michigan City. Okay. Is that team? What's that team, Any? Well, Michigan City won big over South Bend Adams last night. I think it was 42 to nothing, I think, something along those lines. And, uh, yeah, so that that wasn't really much of a ball game. So this one should be a good one. Um, The two semifinal matches were blowouts. And I I would say the two best teams that Mishawaka had to face uh, in this uh, sectional, or the two best teams besides Mishawaka in this sectional were Michigan City and Concord. And they've already dispatched of Concord, and now they got to face Michigan City. So they're going to earn their fourth straight sectional championship if they so are so inclined to do so. Penn won, but did any South Bend teams 
There were no okay. sub-in teams left except for Adams yeah. last night. So okay. Adams was the only team okay. that was playing, and now they're done. So, uh, so yeah, Penn won over Elkhart. They they get the 2-0 series sweep uh, on the year. They beat Elkhart earlier on in the regular season, beat him again last night. And so Penn will also move on to the sectional championship in 6A, and I believe they're going to play Chesterton, uh, which will be a challenge for them as well. So should, And they're playing at home. Yep. Okay. So Penn at home, Mishawaka at home, uh, and uh, let's see, Marion won last night. Uh, so they're going to play in the sectional championship. And St. Joe also won last night. They're going to oh. play in the sectional championship. So uh, let's see, St. Joe plays New Prairie at New Prairie. And then Marion, I believe, plays Jimtown at home. So there's still a lot of local teams still involved, obviously, sectional our area, championships. Yeah, our area is well represented. So let's spin it on to what everybody really wants to know about the, the uh, game today. Looks like it's going to be uh, chilly out there, but I don't know that that's got any effect on Yeah, it'll be in the high 40s. I mean, it is October 30th, so, I mean, I think that's to be expected at night. I mean, it, it, right. but it's not going to rain, which is big uh, based on what I can tell. So, yeah, it'll be a little bit chilly, but I don't think that makes much of a difference uh, in this kind of a game. What's your big overview of North Carolina first? It's probably the most balanced offensive team that Notre Dame is going to face all season. Uh, they they run the ball well. They they throw the ball well. Obviously, Sam Howell is an NFL prospect at quarterback. He's he's a very very good quarterback, um, and he's not afraid to run the ball himself. The uh, this year he if you take away sack yards, which still in the college game befuddles <laughs> me as to why that goes against your rushing yards. Right. Um, but if you take away sack yards, he's the leading rusher on this team. And so last year he had about 100 yards rushing. This year, uh, even with sack yards, he has over 500. So he he's a, he's, he's a good sized kid. He, he reminds me a lot of Ian Book when it comes to his scrambling. That that's where the <laughs> that's where the comparison ends. But uh, when it comes to his scrambling ability, he doesn't trust his offensive line very much. And so as soon as there's a crease, he will take off. And he is good enough to move the chains. He's not going to run away from anybody necessarily. But he can move the chains. He can wiggle. He can get out of some tackles. He can do some things like that. So, you know, Notre Dame is going to have to contain Sam Howell both with his legs and against his arm because yeah, he can throw the ball. He, he's very accurate if, if given time. So uh, the, the charge for this defense is going to be contain him but also harass him. He's not good with guys in his face. He's not good on the run uh, to throw the ball. So you've got to harass Sam Howell if you want to be competitive in this game. And, of course, last year, I mean, they had running backs just – 2,000-yard rushers. Yeah, going all over the place and stuff. They're, they're backfield with, uh, with Howell. How are they? Um, they they're okay. Uh, they've got one basically – basically one running back, uh, number 19, I believe is his number. He, he will – I guess he's the leading rusher right now for, for North Carolina. Um, and like I said, they will be pat or they will be balanced. Excuse me. They will operate under the RPO game. Um, and so it's going to be up to Sam Howell to, to read it and hand it off or throw it or, or do whatever he needs to do. Um, but it, it's going to be, you also look out here. The other person you need to look out for on their offense is Josh Downs. He, he's their slot receiver. He has 64 catches this season already. And the next closest receiver on the North Carolina roster 16. So third week in a row that we're facing a really star receiver. Sure. Absolutely. This kid's different though than last week. This kid's a slot receiver. He's not an outside receiver 
and he can run away from people, and he is very slippery in the open field. So open field tackling is going to be very important in this game for sure. But they're going to have to have a Josh Downs plan. If they don't have a plan for him, uh, he's a game wrecker. I mean, like I said, 64 catches, 16 catches. Like there's a pretty big disparity between Downs and the next best guy for North Carolina. Not to say those guys can't beat you, right? but they're not that they're not the focus. So the shutting down plan for him would obviously have included Kyle Hamilton, but Kyle Hamilton is not on the field tonight. So assessment of uh, DJ Brown and others that will collectively work back there. Well, they're going to move him around, right? They're going to have him in the slot. They're going to have him outside. They, They like to match him up against safeties. And normally that would be a very good thing for Notre Dame uh, because Kyle Hamilton's one of the best safeties, if not the best safety in college football. So, uh, but again, like you said, he's not going to be available. So what is that going to look like for Notre Dame? I think you're going to see a lot of Tariq Bracey involved in the Josh Downs plan. I think you're going to see a rotation of safeties on him, whether it's, uh, you know, DJ Brown, whether it's uh, Isaiah Pryor is going to be getting some safety time apparently today. Um, you know, Houston Griffith is obviously going to get safety time because he's a starter. Uh, and it, I believe KJ Wallace is going to get some time too, according to Brian Kelly. So you're going to see a bit of a rotation there at safety. And I think Notre Dame is going to throw a lot of different things at this North Carolina offense, specifically towards Josh down. You can't throw the same thing at him every time, you know, the guys on the message boards, are, you know, why can't you put cam hard on him all the time? <laughs> it's not really that you can't do the same thing over and over, right? And that that, that right. doesn't work. Uh, so you got to throw multiple things at him, and I, I have a feeling that's what Marcus Freeman's going to do. This is the Legacy Heating Air Game Day Show on nine sixty AM WSBT. Vince D'Addario and Tim Growl with you. Let's uh, flip over to um, our offense. Yes. What did you see that is encouraging from last week that you're assuming will continue, or you hope continues this week? Well, I mean, look, they 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 upped the tempo offensively, which I think was huge. We've been calling for it for months uh, to up the tempo, not do the whole get to the line, see what the defense is doing, look to the sideline, get the play, and then go. They went up tempo, and I think it suited what Jack Cohn wants to do. I think it suited his game, uh, and they were very successful. Jack Cohn threw for 71% completion percentage, and he had drops. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that probably could have been north of 75, 76 if he didn't have those drops. Right. So, um, I think they found a pack, not a package, but they found a system that works for Jack Cone. And I think they need to continue with that. And, and Brian Kelly insinuated when, when he had a chance to talk to the media, that that's what they're going to do, that they are going to, uh, continue on right with, with that kind of an offense. And then, you know, filter in Tyler Buckner in, in places. And and I think that that package was also a little bit more defined on Saturday night than it has been in the past. When they got into the red zone, it was Tyler Buckner. When they got to a certain place on the script, it was Tyler Buckner. Everybody knew it was coming. Jack Cohn's not looking over his shoulder. He knew, hey, it's Tyler's turn. I'm out. He's in. It, it, I just think that they were playing a little bit more loose, but they were playing more structured. And I think that's important. Now, there's still things that they can – obviously due to build on that. And I, I'm hoping that we're going to see that tonight. Uh, but I, I tell you what, it was it was very promising to see this offense kind of do their thing. They, they put this team on their back uh, against USC. And I, I like that. 
I felt like that was only the first or second time this season that that's happened where the defense was like, hey, guys, we need you to kind of step up, help us out. And the offense answered the call. So um, it was a good showing by the offense. Still plenty to build on. And hopefully we see that building process taking place. So the O-line um, seems like now they've settled on some individuals. Um, still going to be rotating some, you know, in or out. I know your press conference that Brian had that Blake Fisher is making progress, but not going to be, you know, probably back unless I, there's a post-game show or something possibly. I would but be shocked if Blake Fisher comes back this yeah. year. Are you encouraged what you're seeing, especially over on the left side of the line? Sure. Two young guys obviously stepping up. Joe Alt, true freshman, never played tackle before in his life. Um, is playing very well uh, for a freshman. Now, there's plenty of mistakes, don't get me wrong, but he's playing very well for a freshman. He's, he's, he has played the best of all the options that they've had at left tackle so far. Um, I thought that Andrew Kristoffic played very well at guard, left guard, um, and it's going to be those two. It's going to be the alt Kristoffic show on the left side, and they're both young guys, but they're going to learn as they go, and they keep getting better every single game. I've liked what I've seen from the left side. I am pleasantly surprised that Notre Dame made that change, uh, that they finally went to Christophic and they went full-time to Alt. I'm happy about it. I think that those two could grow together. I like that combination. They're doing a good job. I thought Josh Lug at right tackle played better uh, in the last game. He still has a ways to go. He still isn't playing to the level that I think we expected him to play at uh, at this point, but he's getting there. He's he's there, kind of. Uh, I think Patterson continues to be the steadying force at center. I still think there's a pretty big issue at right guard. Uh, there are some things that Kane Madden does really, really well. In the run game, if he's got a guy to his inside, he can wash that guy down really, really well. Uh, in the He does that really well. Pass blocking, not so much. Getting to the second level, not so much. I feel like there's other options that they should give a shot to at right guard, but mm -hmm. four out of the five, I'll yeah. take it at this point. I think this, uh, I think this offensive line is is knocking on the door of average, and that's all we've said this whole time. Just if they're average, this offensive, this offense can take off, and we saw some of that in the last game. And they're knocking on the door of average. If they can continue, you know, their incremental steps in the right direction, I think this offense can be really special. So you were talking earlier about drop passes stuff. Kevin Austin had some <clears throat> pretty key or pretty big. Oh, yeah, big he, also had some, he also made some big key things. So is that just since this is really the first year he's back together, that's just something we're all going to have to live with? Well, I mean, he's a senior as far as going to school, right? But he's not a senior right. on the football field. I mean, he, he, played, he played some as a freshman. He was suspended his sophomore year, and he was injured all of his junior year. So he hasn't had, I wouldn't even call what he did freshman year significant time. So this is his first time being the guy, right, at wide receiver. Mm -hmm. And he's been up and down. He still needs to mature from a wide receiver standpoint, right? He needs to mature as a player. Um, and, and I think we're slowly kind of seeing that. I mean, we've got a front row seat to him kind of going up and down and, and, and slowly getting better as the year goes on. I, I think he's the perfect test case for, you know, look, he is a physical specimen. He can run, he can catch, he can do all those things, but he needs another year after this year to really mm -hmm. get to where he needs to be, right? Um, and it's he's the, he's the perfect example of a guy who may test the NFL waters, but he's only going to get better if he comes back. 
Right. And and we're we're starting to see that. And he needs to be more consistent. There's no question about it. Uh, he needs to be more consistent. And I think he'll get there. Um, you know, whether it's this week, whether it's next week, he's going up against some pretty good corners uh, in this game. North Carolina has two pretty darn good corners. So, you know, I don't know if this is going to be the game where he breaks out or he starts to we start to see his consistency. But when he gets the opportunities, he's got to do a better job of holding on to the football. That's for sure. And of course, you got Avery Davis, who's very consistent. But now we're starting to see a number of other wide receivers that we didn't start this year. That's very encouraging. They look like they really got some potential there. Well, there's no question. I, I mean, uh, Styles, he was kind of featured there for a little while, right at the beginning of the game. I thought he showed what he can do. He's got some speed. He's got some elusiveness to him. I think he's going to be really good. Uh, Deion Colsey, the other freshman, is getting significant time. And, and those two are getting time now within the offense, not just to give the other guys a blow, which I think is important. They're, they're, mm-hmm. they're in there when it matters, right? Um, and I think we're just going to continue to see their involvement grow. Um, you know, Braden Lindsey obviously needs to be more than just a take a top off the defense kind of guy, uh, you know, as opposed to uh, he, he he needs to – and they, we're starting to see it a little bit, right? He's he had some, some uh, key catches uh, in the last game against Virginia Tech. Uh, on that last drive, right, on both drives, on the touchdown to tie and then on the field goal to go ahead. He had a couple of key catches in there. Uh, I want to see them get him more involved in the reverse game, you know, get him on the move. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Use his speed, right? But Avery Davis, I think this is going to be a great game for him. Brian Driscoll Mm -hmm. and I talked over on Irish Breakdown uh, earlier this week. He kind of has Avery Davis circled as a guy to watch in this game, and I agree with him. He the safeties for North Carolina are not great. And I think this is a game where Avery Davis can really take advantage of that and really have a big game. And, and of course, we've got Michael Mayer coming back at tight end. So people are going to be really focused on 87. Three could get a lot of attention from uh, Jack Cohn in this offense, really abuse that seam. I mean, he runs that post route just about as good as anybody in the country. Um I, I, this could be an Avery Davis game, and I think that could be a lot of fun. I mean, we're going with all those weapons. We haven't even got to Kyrie, Kyrene Williams, and they're yeah. both uh, back now. And uh, the Diggs, I think that, that's the freshman that's uh, sure. going to get more time. Yep. Chris Tyre is going to be uh, healthy this week. Sounds like more kick returns than maybe the backfield. What do you yeah. think? Yeah. He was kind of a last <laughs> time that the media talked to Brian Kelly, I think that it was kind of. It, he kind of left it as a game time decision, I guess, technically. Uh, but he said that he's been running with the first kickoff return team, which is good. Uh, and then they were going to kind of see what he could do offensively. I think with the emergence of Diggs, I think rushing Tyree back is not necessarily at the top of their priority list because they don't have to. Uh, I think Logan Diggs has done a good job in you know in the in his stead, basically. Um, well, Kyron Williams is the, is the top dog. I mean, we all know that he, he's starting, you know, again, all we said was the offensive line had to be average in order for this offense to take off. Kyron Williams can find his creases with the way that the offensive line is playing right now. Um, and obviously he had a a great 138 yards, I believe last game against USC. I think this is going to be another opportunity for him to rack up the yardage. You know, they're going to take what North Carolina gives them. And I think North Carolina's defense is going to give a lot. And Kyron Williams is going to be the recipient of that, not only on the ground, but in the pass game. you got to remember, Kyron Williams is a heck of a receiver. 
Uh, and I and I think that they're going to use him to that advantage as well. You could start him off in the backfield. You could motion him out to the slot. You could get him moving. There's a million things you can do with 23. He's a weapon that you know Notre Dame is obviously well aware of and that they've used him. They need to continue using him and expanding his package as well. So we're doing a 360 of the whole team. So let's finish up with uh, special teams. Punting's been uh, in good hands. Um, field goals, I always tell everybody, no not, no knock on him, but seems like I worry on the short ones. 48 and out, I'm not worried he's going to make those. Seems to be a little concentration or something issue on those shorter field goals. Well, John Doerr, uh, <clears throat> look, he's a good field goal kicker. There's no question about it, but he, he has been – I don't want to use the word head case because that's not fair. Uh, but just concentration. Just, yeah. Yeah. I okay. mean, his concentration has lacked, I, I I would say, on the short stuff. And we've seen him miss those short ones, those little pooch ones, the ones that we see made at the high school level. Right. But then he goes back and he hits a 50 pluser. Yeah. And you're like, well, I haven't seen anybody hit one of those in a long time. You know? Mm-hmm. And so as a coach, you, you keep going back to him. Because you know that he can kick those deep ones and you know that he's got what you need and he's he does a great job on kickoffs, placing the ball where they want to place it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's those short field goals, man. I, I I would not be upset, you know, if, if Notre Dame went to their second kicker on the short ones and then let John kick the deep ones, right? Yeah. Um their their second string kicker and his name escapes me at the moment. His he's got a number in the nineties. Uh, I'm looking for my roster and I don't have it in front of me, but um, he's a good kicker. He's a very accurate kicker. He, he doesn't have the leg that John has, uh, but he's very, very accurate from what I saw in practice. And so those short ones, those ones in the 30s, the, the, in the end, right, 39 and in, right, right. I think that's where you put him in. And then you, Jonathan Doerr, you can take 40-plus, right, and you can kick off still. But um, you got to be careful how you handle kickers because <laughs> – you know, they're you know as a you know as a dad of a kicker. <laughs> man, they're a rare breed. Uh and so you don't necessarily want to knock their confidence by putting somebody else in, but you also have to do what's best for your team. So, you know, hopefully this game does not come down to field goals. I don't see it going that way. Mm-hmm. But if they have field goal opportunities, you gotta hit them. You gotta you gotta increase that point total. Right. And it seems like we get enough uh, very good hang time punting wise, fairly good distance. He's, yeah, he, we're lucky to have him. That's a weapon. Look, Jay Brandle is an athlete. And, you know, every once in a while, you'll get one shank or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then he, for as many shanks as you get, you get one that, you know, looks like it it was in a rocket ship, right? I mean, it just, the hang time, the distance is amazing. Um, and luckily, I mean, I think he, what, kicked one, he punted one time last game. Yeah, that's what you want your punter to do. You, you don't need him out there. You know, if he's not going out there, that means your offense is doing work. So, uh, if he's out there once, maybe twice today, that's very good news for Notre Dame. No question about it. But I have a lot of faith in Jay Bramley. I think he's a very, very good punter. All right. Appreciate all your insight. You're the uh, football brains, as I always say on the show. So uh, <laughs> we picked up, we picked all that, but I'm sure there's some left for later on. So of course, let's uh, let's take a break on Sports Radio 960 WSBT, and we'll be back with former wide receiver Bobby Brown in an extended version of Put Me In, Coach. And your Legacy Heating and Air game day show is brought to you by Legacy Heating and Air, your heating and clean air specialist. Find them online at LegacyHeatingAndAirInc.com by Edward Jones. Making sense of investing, contact Mary Vague in South Bend or Kimberly Thibodeau in South Bend. By Fisher's Barbecue and Catering. Fisher's Barbecue and Catering at 213 East McKinley Avenue in Mishawaka. 
for drive-through, carry-out, or catering. Just look for the smoke by Four Winds Casino. Four Winds Casino's your entertainment escape by KeyBank. Open a Key Smart checking account today. KeyBank opens doors. For more info, visit key.com. KeyBank is member FDIC. By Mimos Pizza. Mimos on Edison and Mishawaka. If you like pizza, you'll love Mimos. Manja Manja. By Monterey Mexican Bar and Grill. Authentic Mexican. Serve fresh daily at McKinley and Division in Mishawaka. MontereyMexican.com. By South Bend Orthopedics. South Bend Orthopedics team physicians for the University of Notre Dame since 1949. By Wings, etc. Grill and Pub with 14 area locations. Stop in today or order online at togo.wingsetc.com. And by Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Center, OSMC, providing orthopedic care to Michiana since 1973. Tim? Thanks, Vince. A little exorcist theme behind Vince's. <laughs> and I believe this week, I don't know, I needed an exorcist. I think in 20-some years of doing this show, it's the hardest I've had to work for guests. And sometimes things just happen with live radio. Guests don't show up even after you book them. But it I was saved today by our guardian angel, former wide receiver for Notre Dame, Bobby Brown. Hey, Bobby. How's it going, Guardian Angel? I mean, that means the pressure is on. I, I got to deliver here. Let's do it, fellas. Like guardian go. Angel. I've been I'm called a sure lot of I things. Start... Never a Guardian Angel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure when I was talking, Vince reached and picked up a yardstick or something. Vince, what were you going to do? Smack the. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I like to fidget with stuff. You know, that's it. You know, that's why it's on radio, man. I got a face for radio and I, I fidget around. Nobody knows. <laughs> yeah, so we don't. We don't. We can't see Bobby's always dressed to the hilt, has a nice hat on, but he's just doing audio today, so we don't get that treat of, of, of his to see his what his attire is. I've got on some fashionable plaid pants. That's how you stand out Ooh. in a basketball tournament. You stand out. They're very fashionable, or as people might say, uh, fashion risque. <laughs> <laughs> I have no so, doubt in my mind. So now you're at basketball. Normally when we're talking to you, a lot of times you're out in the field with your son, the quarterback and stuff. So is this the same son doing basketball or a different one? Yeah, the same son. And uh, this was uh, one of the premier tournaments. So we've got the championship football game tomorrow. We drove down to Pennsylvania for basketball today. They um, have, have air quote ranked him, which I, I think is crazy for fifth graders, but they do it. Um, so we came down here so you could participate in one of these uh, marquee tournament matchups. So, Football to basketball to whatever and, and however. We're glorified Uber drivers as parents, man. So, but right. but I, won't, I won't complain because um, it'll be all, all over soon. He won't want to hang out with me. So I'll take advantage of it now. <laughs> That's right. U Uber driving, Uber eats too because you'll be stopping at those places to get home. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, when you were a young man like that, did you play multiple sports? I did. I was a three-sport kid, and so I'm trying to hold on to that as long as possible. We're football, basketball, and track, which is sort of an anomaly now. Uh, a lot of kids make their decision pretty early, but uh, I, I'm standing behind the the decision, and hopefully my sons will, will humor me and stay in all three sports for muscle development and just a be better socialization, you know, mm -hmm. meet new new people and uh, and, and let's, let's face it, even though they both are very athletic and have done very well, uh, to date, the chance of making it to, to, to even going to college are, are very, very slim. So, uh, I don't want it to be a major letdown to choose a sport early. So we're, we're, we're going three sports until the wheels fall off. 
Well, and I'll tell you what, Bobby, I, I, I love the fact that my son plays a bunch of sports because some of them he's really, really good at, and some of them he has to ride the bench a little bit. And I think there's, a, you know, it's a humbling experience at times to know your role and understand how to be a good teammate and, you know, when you're the dude and when you're not the dude, right? I think I think that's really important lesson to teach kids moving forward. Yeah, it, re it, it really is. Uh, his school forces him, uh, well, not forces just him, but it requires all players to play a sport, all students to play a sport, and he nice. plays soccer. And he hasn't played soccer in three, four years. And when I tell you he was bad out there, he was bad. But it was it was good for us to laugh after the game. It was like, man, right. when, that, when that ball came at you, you ducked. I don't think that's what you're supposed to do in soccer. Um, but it is. I think it, it's good for the the soul to, to be humbled a bit and realize that no matter what we do, um, you know, we're all still human and vulnerable and can make mistakes and, and life goes on. So I agree with you in that sentiment all the way. While we're on youth sports, I get on my 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 pet peeve because I coached for a, over forty years youth youth sports. The participation trophy. I mean, you know, some of my best years, kids learned how kids have to learn how to win and they have to learn how to lose at those yep. early at those early ages. And I know we, you know, when I was coaching some young kids, or whatever, we, we couldn't they didn't keep score. But you darn well, the kids would come up to me and go, "Coach, what's the score?" And I said, "I." I can't tell you we're not keeping track of it. another kid would yell out it's five to nothing yeah exactly. <laughs> right it's like i don't know what that what what that what that does but i i'm just i'm not all in that participation there's got to be winners and losers and you move forward any thought yeah. on that by you as a proud dad yeah i mean look we, we're beyond that so to speak in the sense that we're not doing like rec and travel we're, mm -hmm. we're into real aau basketball we play in a competitive league of football uh and track uh you know it, it's the most objective sport there is because it's you versus the clock so that's right um we're, we're beyond it we're beyond sort of the everyone gets the trophy days because we're not in in, in in those leagues um you know I, I it was tough to coach in those leagues so mm -hmm. <laughs> as you described it my stomach starts to turn. I, I mean, play everybody. and It's just, right. you know, I, I think that um, we coddle young people so much that when they do taste their first real taste of failure, uh, they, they, they they think that the world is going to end. So uh, my humble part. opinion is, yeah, if you introduce failure to them early enough, they'll realize it's a part of life. Right. Well, and, and, and don't you, uh, not to take this interview completely off the rails, but like I feel like the whole not keeping score thing, it's almost more for the parents than it is for the kids. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and the requirement that everyone has to play. Yes. It's, it's more for the parents, um, for them to think, hey, well, I wasn't inconvenienced by, by taking them to practice once every two weeks. Um, but you'll see that, that people who um, subscribe to those leagues normally aren't as committed. Um, right. You know, if you tell a kid, no, nah, you're not guaranteed to play. The only way you're going to play is you, you show up at practice and you work your tail off and you show improvement and you become a team player. That's how you play. You earn your minutes. Uh, I think it's a good lesson early in life because no matter you know what career you're in or or you know ed education, ed you know what degree you pursue, uh, what you get out of uh, that opportunity, the the, the outcome is, is solely dictated upon what you put in. And so you know, I think it's a good lesson. I'm glad that we're beyond those years of everybody plays, mm -hmm. everybody gets a trophy. So oh, we're yeah. on the more competitive competitive sports. This is the Legacy Heating and Air Game Day Show on uh, Sports Radio 960 WSBT with with former wide receiver and better yet, proud dad uh, Bobby Brown. Hey, Bobby. Um, see, Michigan. I don't even know. I, Vince probably knows Michigan and Michigan State are playing today. What's this? What do we have an update? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's thirty to fourteen, Michigan, right now. Yeah. 
So I was going to ask you which which one of those horses that you would you would want to win, not necessarily what you thought who who would win, because you probably played both those teams every season at your time. Maybe not every season, but yeah, the- you know it would be one of those situations. I, I I'd hope that that they'd figure out a way to both lose. Um, but if I had if I had to pick one. I'd pick Michigan State over Michigan any day of the week, twice on Sunday. I can't stand Michigan. Everything about Ann Arbor, I've disliked her from the day I heard about her. Uh, so <laughs> I, li- I dislike everything about Ann Arbor. I, 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 uh, I would pick Michigan State to, to, to beat them, but it sounds like Michigan is indeed backing it up. They talked a good game going into this week. I haven't been able to see the game, but uh, uh, you know, just with text messages with former players, Sounds like it was a very competitive game at one point. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think Michigan get, Michigan's pulling away a bit now, though. Yeah, it's unfortunate because I agree with you. It's like the lesser of two evils, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, really well, is. Well, we two very right evil, now, evil, evils. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Any big chance for Notre Dame moving up substantially is just to let the Big Ten cannibalize each other, right, in these next few weeks where they're just all playing each other. Yeah, and I think that, that, that there's a real risk of that happening. And you look at what's happening in the Big Ten, they might be on the outside looking in based on, uh, you know, who's beat whom. Or Ohio State is, is, is going to be sitting there in the driver's seat at the end of the season. But, um, you know, a Michigan-Ohio State game at the end of the season for all the marbles, yeah. uh, I've I got to admit, that'd be good for college football. So what have you seen since we last talked of the growth of the wide receiver core at Notre Dame this year? Oh, man, their last game was a coming out party, right? Mm -hmm. Because you've got players that have been forced to step up. Uh, You you had uh, Lawrence Keyes lead the program, and then you had injuries uh, that put young players in a position where they had to play, and and they stepped up. I didn't know much about Cozy, to be honest with you, but but I do now. (laughs) <laughs> and, um, you know, that, that I think is, is across the board. You've got two freshmen uh, who, other than those devout recruiting people that follow every step of every recruit <laughs> that Notre Dame has, most of us uh, uh, don't really know the freshmen that well. And uh, we walked away from Saturday's game with a, a whole new appreciation for what the receiver room, what the receiver room looks like because of the youth movement. And you could tell by each throw, it seems as though Jack Cohn was getting more and more comfortable with, with guys who, before the game, I knew nothing about. And it was it was fun to watch. Now, now I'm a Kev, you know, Kevin Austin is can do no wrong because he's from Fort Lauderdale, but it's good to see. It's good to see uh, for those who don't know, I'm from Fort Lauderdale, which is why I made that statement. But it's good to see. It's, it's good to see young wide receivers getting the opportunity. But more importantly than just getting the opportunity, is making the most of it. And 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 they did. They both did just that. All right, Matt, are you ready? Because we're going to take uh, Kevin Austin out of the game and we're going to put you into the game. Matt? Uh-oh. Okay. All right, Bobby. You're in the game. First play of the game. Well, for the whole game, what's your philosophy going to be for this game against North Carolina? Uh, I think it's going to be the type of game where they try to slow down Carolina's offense. So uh, uh, as a receiver, I'm going to let the team know. I'm going to let the coaches know. I'm going to let the quarterbacks and the running backs know that I'm here on uh, early down to uh, be the best blocker in the entire stadium. 
uh, that they can count on me to help get them an extra yard or two. And then I think as the game progresses, we'll open it up a little bit more. But but trying to slow down Carolina's offense will be the goal. And I think by by, by that being the case, uh, they're going to run the ball a little bit more than normal. And the running game was hitting on all cylinders uh, in the USC game. Kyron Williams finally had that big breakout game. So I would be selfless. I know that that's hard for anyone to understand as a diva <laughs> wide receiver, somebody being selfless. But I think the game plan today is to slow them down by keeping them off of the field. And so that means the running attack will be featured. Did you ever have to play the teams that you were on? Did they have any exchangeable quarterbacks? I do not remember. Or was you? No, we did. They they had a few uh, series where when Ron Powers was the guy, they would bring in uh, Jerry Jackson. But it wasn't Mm – Nothing so meaningful that I would consider it a, you know, a, a, a two quarterback system. Uh, we didn't we didn't have that while I was there, uh, and and we didn't have it in the NFL as well. Uh, I like uh, bringing in Tyler Buckner as a changeup, uh, but again, when that happens, chances are, although although his first snap, I think they threw it against USC, mm-hmm. but chances are the receiver is going to have to become better blockers uh, as he gets uh, a little more well versed with the offense and understanding how to read defenses that means that at times uh, you know the, the wide receivers in the passing game will be on the back burner uh, but seeing that you know two young wide receivers step up uh, Brayden Lindsay had a big play you know I think the evolution of the wide receiver wide receiver room tongue twister will continue to to uh, evolve and uh, when called upon they'll make plays so you're talking about in the huddle making yourself aware how often did that happen when you were in there that you said, hey, you know what, I can beat number 10 or I can run this kind of route and they would change the play for you? How often? Did yeah, pretty pretty often. Um, really? You know, but percentage-wise, it's a low percentage because uh, every play, wide receivers think they're open. Every play, <laughs> I felt like I had, I I had a better candor. matchup. I love your candor all the time. Yeah, yeah, so the, the percentage was low, but – the, the, the total number of times where whether it be Jerry Jackson or Ron Powell, who were my two quarterbacks, uh, looked at me and said, like, okay, I, I see what you're saying. And we come to the sideline, we talk to it. So, yes, I would be in Jack Cohn's ear. Um, you know, I, I would be his favorite person throughout the week. So once game time comes, we've got a rapport with one another. Uh, and even more so with Tyler Buckner, a young, a young quarterback is always looking for somebody to save the day. Uh, so I would make sure that he understood I had a Superman cape under my jersey and that I was there for him whenever he needed me. Uh, but being disciplined enough as a quarterback to listen to it but 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 be able to filter through what is just an emotional wide receiver wanting the ball and what is good football from an X to the nose perspective is why they get paid the big bucks. And I know on the collegiate level, technically, they don't get paid, but they get paid by all the attention, all the glory. And so they've got to figure out what, what what's just emotion and what's good football sense. Did you like it when uh, your team played fast pace, not just in the two-minute drill, but had a, a fast pace? We didn't do much of it back in my day. So uh, I like that you put me in the game in 2021 because they do a lot of it. I've, I've, always, loved, I've, loved, I've always loved the two-minute offense. It keeps the, the defensive backs uh, on their heels. They're guessing. Um, I, 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 I like being able to show that I'm better conditioned than the cornerback. And – um, I'm a track guy, so I, I was always uh, one of the best when it came to conditioning. Uh, so I, I like fast-paced offenses because it puts the defense on their heels. I love when you, 
you know, going no huddle or, or just going fast paced, which they did a lot of uh, against USC. And I hope we see more of it this week. Uh, but I, I love it when a defense has to call a timeout. That's a victory. That's a victory. And, and so I think the fast paced uh, productivity that we saw in the USC game uh, suggests to me that we're going to see more of it this week as well. So last week you had to watch the game with different eyes than you normally would a game because uh, you filled in for Evan Sharpley um, with uh, Sean Styers on the post game game show. So right. I don't have we asked you before even if you if you weren't doing that do you always watch it critically or or looking for certain plays and everything um, or so yeah. was any different last week than what you normally watch a show? Okay. Yeah, um, slightly. Slightly. I, when I watch a game, I watch it from a quarterback perspective. And although I never played quarterback, uh, two things. I'm trying to teach my son how to play it. So uh, <laughs> watching it with him, we, we watch it from the lens of a quarterback. And then, and then second, like, even though I never played quarterback, you know, you are a first cousin to the quarterback as a wide receiver. You got to know what they see and, and you know, adjust your, your, your route accordingly know that you're going to be the primary receiver just based on the alignment of the safety, right? Uh, as soon as the, the, the ball snaps, watching the linebackers, whether they take a downhill read step or they get out of there and back out, like just basics, like knowing man-to-man versus zone makes you a better receiver. And so you, you are really a kindred spirit. You're very close in how you think from an ideology standpoint as a quarterback. And I watch the game that way uh, these days. And, and, and I only had to adjust slightly. I just to, to do a lot more uh, watching our defense for defensive purposes than I normally do. Uh, I like to watch our defense just to see uh, what they respond to the offense with. Um, but, but, you know, watching it from a quarterback's perspective gives you a very full view of what the game is supposed to be. So you're ready to do that again, that post-game show, if they ask you, right? Oh, yeah, man. Hey, put me in, Coach. Like it. You guys put me in on this segment. Put me in on the post game. I'm trying to look, man. We just talked about it. I don't I don't want anybody giving me a participation trophy. I'm trying to earn my way to give me the opportunity to show what I can do. Give me the, give me the ball. <laughs> Vince, you want to wrap it up? Did you have a question? Well, yeah, since, since we got your analyst hat on, I, I want to, you know, obviously Kyle Hamilton went down in the middle of the game, uh, early in the game. It was the end of the first quarter. Um, and you know, DJ Brown did a really good job filling in for him. Obviously, yeah. um, you know, USC didn't really have an answer for the fact that he was out, but it was mid game, right? Well, now North Carolina's had a whole week. They've known the whole time. Kyle Hamilton is not going to be in this game. How, if you're Notre Dame, what are you expecting from the defense? You know, without Kyle Hamilton there, is it all on DJ Brown or, or, uh, are you spreading the wealth of responsibility around? I'm spreading the wealth, and I'm doing a lot more of trying to hide and disguise what I'm doing on pre-snap because the quarterback relies on the information in front of him. And so if you can disguise what you're doing in pre-snap, I think you can protect D.J. Brown a lot. You know, look, I didn't realize he was that well put together. He looks like a a specimen, uh, not Kyle Hamilton size, but not many safeties are. But D.J. Brown uh, showed that physically he's up to uh, the challenge. Uh, and I think that as a D coordinator, what you want to do is start disguising things a little bit more uh, and putting them in a better position. So the quarterback is uh, caught off guard when the ball snaps, when you're able to adjust quickly. That means the quarterback is, is not ahead of the, the play uh, and, and at, a, at a maximum. It's in real time. It's not behind the play if you disguise it well enough. And that's how you give a defense and a player like DJ Brown, who's been asked to step up and fill some amazingly big shoes in Kyle Hamilton. Uh, but that's how you put him in a position to succeed. 
spot on analysis like usual. And thank you for helping me out in the show out at the last minute coming on board. You don't know how indebted I am to you for that. I appreciate it. No worries, man. Just make sure you tell Lorenzo Styles <laughs> and you tell Dion Colsey that the old man was in the game playing receiver. So those young <laughs> <Yeah>. guys know. <laughs> All right. That. Go get a win for your son. Appreciate it. Thank man. you, guys. Take Thank care. You. Go Irish. Go Irish. We'll be right back on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. This is Legacy Heating and Air Game Day with Tim Grell and Vince D'Addario on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT. And your Legacy Heating and Air Game Day show is brought to you by Legacy Heating and Air, your clean air specialist. Find them online at Legacy Heating and Air Inc. Com. Also brought to you by Salsa's Mexican Grill. Good, uh, Share good times and great food this football season at Salsa's Mexican Grill. By Imperial Furniture in Dewanjack, where furniture shopping is fun. By Food Bank of Northern Indiana. By Sherwood Tire. By Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger. By Lozier. Launch your career at Lozier. Apply today. Life at Lozier.com. By Lecklight Your Door. By Flags International on McKinley Avenue in Osceola. Celebrate with team flags, customized flags, banners, and more. By Martin Supermarkets. By Pet Refuge. By InRug Company Studio and Gift Shop. By Tim Growl, State Farm Insurance. By Zolman's Best Tire, Best One Tire and Auto Care. Serving you and your family for three generations. And by Auto Value Auto Parts. Your local Auto Value Auto Parts store. Where service is the difference. We get it. Tim? All right, we got a little behind having Bobby on here, so we just got about 30 seconds. How about some score updates? There's some big games going on right now. Well, uh, your top 25 scoreboard, Cincinnati, is leading Tulane 21-12, to about six minutes left in the fourth quarter. Michigan is uh, only up one score on Michigan State. It's 30-22 to with uh, about three and a half minutes left in the third quarter. Let's see here. Iowa is losing to Wisconsin by 20, uh, just started the fourth quarter. Texas is losing by 10 to Baylor. Miami just went up on Pittsburgh. They're up 38-34 the start of the fourth quarter. So a lot of points being scored there. Uh, let's see here. End of the first quarter, Iowa State and West Virginia are tied at 14. And that's your right. top 25 scoreboard. I watched that Penn team last week a little bit. They're, they're, they're really good. Yes. Really oh, yeah. Yep. They're, right. they're, getting, they're getting them run for their money, though, from, uh, from the U. So yep. we'll, we'll see what happens. You got it. All right. We have another short break, and then we'll be back to close out the first hour of Game Day, the Legacy Heating Game Day show on WSBT. This is Legacy Heating and Air Game Day with Tim Grell and Vince D'Addario on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT. And we are indeed back on this Halloween Saturday or pre-Halloween Saturday night. So, Vince, I uh, I wasn't at the show last week that out of that blue, we heard something about a lighting show, but I guess right. it turned out to be pretty cool. Were you there? Buddy, Dr. Radigan kind of uh, tipped us off, right? Yeah. They were going to be doing something. They did. They had kind of a light show starting. And then between the third and fourth quarter, they did this whole lights out thing. Uh, it went dark in the stadium, played some music and it was pretty cool. I have to say it was nice to see Notre Dame stadium, you know, enter the 21st century uh you know it, it, in an excited fashion it was it was pretty darn cool i hope i'd like to see them do even more like when notre dame scores a touchdown for example man they had the lights go crazy or mm -hmm. you know something along those lines but um I, I have to say it was pretty it was pretty cool 
it's like taking medicine, a little spoonful of sugar at a time. Right? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. They don't want to, you know, do too much all at once, but, uh, I, I tell you what, it was, it was pretty darn cool. And I like the fact that Notre Dame's thinking outside the box. This is the last night game, obviously at Notre Dame stadium this week mm -hmm. or this year. Uh, right. see them step it up a little bit. That's what I want to see. You got it. You got it. We'll be right back after a short break for the second hour of the legacy heating and air game day show. Joining us will be former Irish receiver and NFL receiver Chris Haynes. Also will be joined by Malta Media professor and former host of Game Day, Lynn Clark. And we'll have our weekly feature, the Key Bank Keys to the Game. We hope to stay there right where you are on the home for fighting Irish football, Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT, or via the WSBT radio app or streamed at WSBTradio.com. This is Legacy Heating and Air Game Day with Tim Growl and Vince D'Addario on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT. A different one there, Ghostbusters now. So. Halloween is coming up. That's the first hour. It's going to be trick or treat tonight for us Irish fans. We're sure hoping it's going to be a treat. Alex, actually, last week was kind of a treat to see the, the offense. He started to put it together, Vince, right? A little bit. Oh, well, I mean, anytime you can put a whooping on USC, it's a good day. So I, I, mean, <laughs> I agree. I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> hey, joining us uh, now for our next segment is former uh, Notre Dame wide receiver and NFL wide receiver, Chris Haynes. Hey, thanks for joining us, Chris. Oh, you're quite welcome. I've got Johnny on the phone here, so we could put it up. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to start some conversation <laughs> and then I'm going to go to my phone and try to connect with him i'll start the conversation and vince can comment yeah. i'm gonna to try to work on my phone and stuff too so hey you just told me we'll go back to the northern things that you're going to move to italy to coach football yeah they have a cult uh, group over there they have three leagues um uh three divisions and uh all over and it's it's you know they're not bad they're old they're adults they're not kids okay uh, but um yeah and they love football they play you know, they pay to play. So um, uh, if you ever saw, there's a book by John Grissom called Playing for Pizza. And that's exactly what I'm doing. So, uh, you know, <laughs> I've been taking Italian lessons this morning. And it's been, you know, it's been. <laughs> I'm hard enough to understand in English. So that's going to be interesting. Dude, that's going to be a culture shock going to from, you know, being around here coaching football to going to a foreign country and coaching football there. Yeah. Uh, are, are, are all the rules the same or is there any kind of variations that we don't know? About? Yeah, I've been doing it for 10 years at camps over there. So, uh, you know, I brought Montana, I brought uh, Singletary over a couple of times to these camps. But, yeah, they're, they're a little, <laughs> there's a little bit of there. They're a little behind stuff. Referees can be manipulated, <laughs> as I found out. Um uh, they're not, they, they are, they're pretty good, but they don't play anything but basic coverages that I've seen. So I'm already scouting the teams we're going to be playing. Nice. Very good. So, uh, what, what's your role? Are you head coach? Uh, I was going to be, but I don't want to be right now. I want to transition in. So <laughs> Smart. maybe next year, I don't know. I'm, I'm offensive coordinator and you know, I'm, I'm pretty much doing a lot of stuff for him. So. Awesome. That sounds like a, a pretty cool opportunity and, uh, we wish you all the luck in the world on that. Um, so let's, let's go back. Let's go back in time. Let's talk about, uh, I always like to start at the beginning when we have former players on, uh, where did you grow up? Where did you go to high school and how did Notre Dame get on your radar? Uh, to um, come to school here? I'm from Sydney, Ohio, small town, North of Dayton. Um, 
and my father was my coach. Uh, he was a high school uh, coach of the year in Ohio one year. They went 30 no in three straight seasons and uh, was coach at Ohio, Ohio All-Star game one year. But so anyway, I played for him, which was not the greatest time, but I learned a lot. It was tough. Uh, but um, got recruited by all the, you know, pretty much big teams, um, Ohio State, Michigan, Notre Dame. And mom wanted me to go to Ohio State. Dad wanted me to go to Michigan because Bo Schembechler was his teammate in college. Okay. And I had a girlfriend I was going out with. I didn't really like Notre Dame at the time, but she, her dad was a big Notre Dame fan, so I thought, man, Notre Dame's going to – that wasn't the reason, but, I mean, seriously. <laughs> they put it I on the radar. First place, I mean, I thought that would be a place that uh, – you know, I would be a best fit academically and um, also, at, you know, as a, as a player. Johnny, of course, was my first coach ever. And he kind of took me under his wing. And that's why we're such, he's my big brother. Um, and um, so I, I decided to play wide receiver up there. Kind of, Johnny said, just go where you want. We'll move you around. He was a wide receiver coach. And I loved him so much that I wanted to stay out there. You hear me, Johnny? Yeah, so can you hear him? You barely, we can just do it yeah. like that. I got it right here. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, yeah, he so he he took care of me, and uh, you know uh, we've been I've been staying in touch with him for years, and um, you know the rest is history. I I wasn't really good as a receiver. I was a running back in high school, and I was uh, all state first team. And I think I made first team defense, but I don't know why on defense I couldn't tackle anybody if we head down and. And anybody, I was pretty fast. I think everybody tried to run away from me, and that made it easy. But if they ran at me, I'd have been in trouble. But <laughs> and I just thought that Ohio State and Michigan wanted me as a safety and stuff. And I just didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't think I could. I didn't think I would play right away there, if, if, if at all. But I guess, um, as my dad used to say, Chris, you would have played there. Don't worry about it. But Notre Dame was the best decision I made. We won the national championship and got to start all four years at times, uh, four times my sophomore freshman year, and then couple times my sophomore year and then every game my junior and senior year so the rest is and they didn't we didn't throw the ball that much because we didn't we didn't have to we had a thousand yard running back so the bad thing was that we had to throw when we were behind so that's what we're to throw to right coach <laughs> can you guys hear him yeah yeah Yep. Yes. Yeah, so maybe you want to introduce Coach Roland here. He's also a Super Bowl coach. Uh, he was Walter Payton's coach in the, in the Bears uh, Super Bowl '85. Some people don't know that, but he was Walter's. I was Walter as a player. He <laughs> was an All-American coming out of Missouri too. Yep. Johnny coach, coach played for Dan Devine at Missouri. And then he played for the uh, Cardinals and the National Football League and the Giants. Uh, yeah. Right. Johnny yeah. Coach. All right, all right, Coach. Sorry for the thing. I just looked. The, the information went to the at the same phone number I've got, so we'll just have to go with this with you talking. There. <laughs> Not the best, but I think we hear every, we hear everybody. Hey, Tim, here a receiver has to adapt to the coverage. All right, there you go. There you <laughs> Absolutely. Go. This is the Legacy Heating Air Game Day Show on 960 AM WSBT. We're talking with former wide receiver from Notre Dame and the NFL, Chris Haynes, and uh, former. Uh, All-American running back and coach, assistant coach at Notre Dame, and a lot of different NFL teams, like too many to mention, Johnny Rollins. So what has kept you guys, your friendship like this? Because Johnny only coached at Notre Dame one year, which was a pivotal year, 75 for you, Chris. But what what's made you guys all these years still stay together? I'll let him answer that. Well, uh, I've known Johnny since 
sent me the Eagles uh, workout program. Now, understand that first-year coaches are kind of nuts. I had Ditka the first year, so they kind of kind of like having your first child, I guess. Not that I know. Not that I know, but, you know, the second and third get the easy part because they had to learn from their mistakes. But this workout program was just dynamically dynamic and hard, and I just did it. I did it for, uh, I think, till I was done with football because it was so good, and I you know, it was all interval training, and, and it was, and there was things I know now I would do differently. But sure. this work program, I won every, I won every physical test there was because I followed to a T. So coach sent it to me; it was nice to send it to me. And I think coach, we hooked up again with the Bears when I started teaching martial arts up there, asking to get in, and uh, with Dave McGinnis. And uh, so I did one year with that, and Ditka hired me. Yeah, you were teaching uh, martial arts to the Bears. Yeah, it's Orange, it's Armstrong, Harbaugh, oh. one one game, one time, but Harbaugh one time was supposed to come down to my karate studio. I had a karate studio for 10 years, and he was late for the personal training thing we were supposed to do at my place. And then he calls like a half hour late. He goes, did my publicist get a hold of you? I said, what? My publicist <laughs> was supposed to call you and tell you I couldn't make it. I said, that's your responsibility yeah. to call night, not his. And then they never talked to him again. So <laughs> I'll have my person call your person, right? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work like that with me. So, so anyway, so that's we kind of we kind of re uh I would say kind of re uh we got together, right, coach? And uh from there we just you know my wife's from St. Louis and you know we, we see each other every time we go down there. She knows he knows coach knows uh, her family and it's kind of cool and so we have a little We've been bonding for years, and we see each other reunions sometimes, which I'm going to tonight, Coach. Um, I know. That's late in the year, but I would have called if it had been. Well, I just got back from Houston two nights ago, so as it turns out, I missed the World Series. I wanted to ask. I was talking to Tim about this, Coach. I know I don't want to take your guys' program up, but I was going to say you asked me about. Uh, how how Coach Divine was, and I think the best person to ask also would be Coach Rowland because he played four years for him, and a lot of our coaches, Jim Johnson, Ron Tolman, Hank Coleman, 
And, you know, guys, he played in the NFL, Mel Gray played for him. And so, you know, that to me, I had him at Notre Dame later, but coach could tell you he's the winningest coach at Missouri, right? Am I wrong? Yes, 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 absolutely. Yeah. He was uh, no different. I mean, he's, uh, uh, he believes in fundamental football, you know, and basically, uh, we go to bludgeon you to death, and we get to we go through it only when we have to, basically. But uh, it was winning football because it was a wing team. Wing team. <laughs> I, I, had Chris, I had Chris as a freshman and didn't have to teach him much because he was the only receiver I had. Well, we only had one receiver, and of course, we had the two tight ends. That's Coach Coach Johnny Rowland. Are you there? Yeah. Here, yeah. Okay. You kind of cut out there a little bit. Sorry. No, no problem. Uh, so so you don't you don't have to have a big offensive portfolio to run the wing team. You just budget them. So Chris, Chris, you were a running back in high school, correct? Yeah. So what made the turn to receiver? They just, that's where they wanted, they needed the help or wanted you, saw your talent? Uh, no, I, I walked in the first day at dinner and I saw Steve Niehaus. <laughs> For lack of a better way. <laughs> so yeah. I think, and I, and I think the all-star game I got went against Bobby Golick and Tom Cousineau, Jimmy Browner were on the defense and that was, uh, uh, yeah, it wasn't much fun. So I thought maybe I could be better outside. <laughs> I wasn't. What did Devine used to say? Chris Haynes is only 163. He's not 175. <laughs> hey, let me ask both of you guys, Chris Haynes and Johnny, uh, Coach Johnny Rolls. Um, what do you guys, either one of you, remember much about the game in 75 against North Carolina where you guys had to come back and, and win that game? Chris, start with you. I, I dropped the pass and I was started that game and uh, ran a corner route, which I, I, I could run a good corner route and the ball. It was perfectly thrown. It would have been a TD, and it just went. I didn't even didn't even hit my hands. It just went right and hit the tuba player in the North Carolina band, and uh, took me out of the game. And I, they brought in Dan Keller and Bergmeier, Bergmeier, and I didn't play the rest of the game. And uh, uh, Bergy caught that touchdown. Keller caught a corner, same one I dropped, and uh, then Bergy caught the pass. It uh, was like a seventy-some yard uh, hitch pattern. He broke it for. Mm -hmm. So that was my opportunity. I still think about that, but hey, you know, that's hindsight. It, it helped me. Uh, I don't know why, how I dropped it. You know, the funny thing is, Coach Rowland, we were in three point stance, and it was really hard to get off the gym as an ex receiver when they played cover two, and these guys are pretty big, but that was one of the hard things then. But yeah, hey, that's a, you got to remember that game was a great, great, uh, great game. Called the cardiac kids, right? That's where you're in that body. Yeah, but they were pretty good, and uh, we were good, but we hadn't reached that level yet. Hey, let's suspend it to this the, the, this year. I'm not sure, Coach, how much you get to watch at Notre Dame. Chris, what's your assessment of uh, Notre Dame? Uh, Halfway through I'm not this, sure. I don't know. Um, 
I don't know. To be honest with you, I don't know. I, I've never been a believer in switching quarterbacks a lot. Um, and I, it, it, there's a reason for that, but he has his reasonings. You know, I don't know. He doesn't know what he wants to who he wants in there. But, you know, there's a different snap count, different cadence. Guys are timing-wise, a quarterback's calling. You know, you'll see this a lot, a lot of uh, false starts. But, you know, I'm sure that he has a way of why, why he's doing it. I don't know who the best guy is. Uh, I'm not going to say if I have an opinion or not. I don't think that's right. But, um, you know, they got – I don't know. Is it, is it number 14 out of Hamilton? Is he gone? Yeah. yeah. He's out today, yes. For the season? No. No. Just Good. today. That's too bad. I would have hated to see him get, you know, like uh, the guy from the, the linebacker that, from, that went to Dallas, you know, something like yeah. that. Um, I think their defense is great, and I really like their new defensive guy. Uh, you know, so they didn't play that well against Cincinnati, and they, they really should have. Luckily, luckily, have won three games. They might have been able to lose. So, mm-hmm. but that's 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 Notre Dame. They win games that you know you learn. You know, the, the winning teams know how to win at a certain time. You know, when you know, and so they're, uh, there's a reason they're you know up there. I don't know how they're doing it. North Carolina scares me a little bit uh, because they're kind of like they've always been pretty tough against us. You know, but. Right. I, I don't know. This team, I can't get a – I love their running backs. I don't know their, their linemen. I don't know about their injuries, but I just think, you know, I'm a little bit nervous about I, – I never know what to think. We, from we, they look good, and then they don't, you know, that kind of thing. Sure. So I, Coach, uh, Coach Roland, um, uh, are you in favor of – or have you ever been involved in the two-quarterback platoon system? And it's not really a platoon, but using two quarterbacks consistently, I guess. The only time was in Chicago because the man was always hurt. Mm. And, and, uh, numerous quarterbacks that would come, and but Jim obviously was our best quarterback. But you just never knew what his, what his physical status was going to be from week to week. Even though he was a tough guy, uh, he was a kind of like Chris. You know, he he threw his body around, and get it in the way. And, you know, generally those guys are tough guys, but. You know, from a body standpoint, sometimes it's, uh, they get uh, they get nicked from time to time. Well, we re- appreciate you spending some time with us. I'll get those technical difficulties worked out for another time. And and Chris, the show actually we've talked to our next guest, Lynn, connect us with somebody in Dublin, Ireland next year. So maybe we'll be able to connect to you in Italy next year. Love that. My wife's saying yeah, she's she's pumping her fist right now. She's, Johnny's like, give her. Johnny loves her because she can't believe coach can't believe that she uh, married me and been 18 years. <laughs> Everybody we see, we're going to the reunion and I see they say, you have a spot in heaven. So uh, as you, as you leave, uh, what have you learned in Italian? Can you say goodbye in Italian? Piazzi. <laughs> Mi piazzi. All no right. Same. We got it. Hey, thanks a lot, Chris. And then uh, Chris thanks. Haynes and uh, Johnny Roland. Thanks for joining us on game day. Thank you. This is the Legacy Heating Air Game Day show on 960. We'll be right back with multimedia guru and professor. This is Legacy Heating and Air Game Day with Tim Grell and Vince D'Addario on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT. And your Legacy Heating and Air Game Day show is brought to you by Legacy Heating and Air, your heating and clean air specialist. Find them online at LegacyHeatingAndAirInc.com. 
by Edward Jones making sense of investing. Contact Jerry Matson in Osceola or Craig Langhofer in New Carlisle. Fisher's Barbecue and Catering at 213 East McKinley Avenue in Mishawaka for drive-through, carry-out, or catering. Just look for the smoke. By Four Winds Casino, are you ready for your next escape? Experience the excitement at Four Winds Casinos with award-winning cuisine, the latest slots, a variety of table games, including live poker. Four Winds Casino, your entertainment escape must be 21 years or older. Please play responsibly. By Key Bank, earn up to 2% cash back on purchases with the Key Cash Back credit card. Key Bank opens doors. For more info, visit key.com slash cashback. Key Bank is member FDIC. By Mimos Pizza. Mimos on Edison in Mishawaka. If you like pizza, you'll love Mimos. Manja Manja. By Monterey Mexican Bar and Grill. Authentic Mexican. Serve fresh daily at McKinley and Division in Mishawaka. MontereyMexican.com. By South Bend Orthopedics. Team Physicians for the University of Notre Dame since 1949. By Wings Etc. Grill and Pub with 14 Michiana area locations. Stop in today and order online at togo.wingsetc.com. And by South uh, by Orthopedic and Sports Medicine <laughs> Center, OSMC, providing orthopedic care to Michiana since 1973. Tim? Vince is our show's All-American for all the sponsors that we have and reading those Man, 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 man. We appreciate all the sponsorships. And if you uh, are out there and are so inclined, please uh, participate, drink, eat, or take up their services at all of our fine sponsors. Next, gladly joined us once again at a last minute as a Halloween cursed station week, I guess, or show, is Multimedia Guru, my friend from doing the game day show together and current professor at Notre Dame, which is soon to change to professor at Virginia Tech. Lynn Clark. Hey, Lynn. Hey, great to be with you, Tim and Vince and Matt. Uh, a game day tradition to be on game day AM. Just glad to be back on and to talk with you guys about Notre Dame football. Well, before we talk about Notre Dame football, tell me about this going heading to Virginia Tech. What's going on there? We're going to miss you around here. I was not looking for a job, and last August I get a phone call. And it was Bill Roth, who was down at Virginia Tech. Bill used to be the play-by-play announcer for the Hokies, and he now does, does games for ESPN. And he said, hey, listen, we're building – we want to build the national sports media program. And your name come up, came up. And I said, really? And uh, they said, would you want to interview for it? And I said, well, definitely, I will. And – I interviewed, and they said, how fast can you get down here? And I said, I, I can't. I just made a commitment. I'm, I'm working with Irish Illustrated. I, I can't leave. And they said, all right, can you be here on January 10th? So January <laughs> 10th, I start teaching at Virginia Tech in the sports media and analytics program. But on January 15th, I'll be covering the Notre Dame-Virginia Tech basketball game because the Irish are down in Blacksburg that day. So <laughs> a little slice of home, if you will, but really – just could not ask for a better opportunity. But here's the great thing, guys, is that they said, we want you to be an ambassador for the program. We know that you're involved with Notre Dame. We want you to stay involved. Would you like Fridays off in the fall? And I said, definitely. So wow. the chance to continue to cover Notre Dame. Now, it's a 10-hour drive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that might wear on you after a while. Well, we're going to try to do as much as we can. So the best of both worlds, but from uh, you know to leave Notre Dame, a place you've called home for many many years, it's tough. But you you really 
just thank Notre Dame and the experience of covering Notre Dame athletics that kind of puts you on a national map to at least get a phone call from a place like Virginia Tech. It's, it's just a big thing in my career. Well, you're being humble. Your talents uh, supersede that, too. I mean, that's why they, they called you. You know, it's, it's better to be called than have to go call someone else, right? I tell them they were going in the Rolodex and they were actually calling for Vince and I was just happened to be the wrong one. It was like, <laughs> well, I need somebody. So, but so, no, yeah. a great opportunity. And I had a chance to go down to cover the Virginia Tech game mm-hmm. and meet with some of the students. And uh, it, it seems like everybody wants to be an ESPN type clone. So I've got some ideas to really look at other forms of media, really emphasizing podcast and entrepreneurial. And so I really want to maintain a lot of contacts at Notre Dame and around the country so that the students can get a universal look as opposed to just that geographical area. But the thing I'm really impressed is that the students are coming from all over the country to be part of that program. So it's just not people from that neck of the woods in Virginia. And so a chance to you know play Notre Dame on a regular basis just makes it a little bit easier. We're with a former game day host and I call him a guru because really you do multimedia is not even the right thing either. You do, you do a little bit of everything and, and plus you're a professor. Well, that's the thing is that uh, when the iPhone came out, I really adapted to it and turned that into my tool. And it, it got me involved with a national or an international organization called Mojo Fest, which is based in Ireland, which really opened up some opportunities for me to do some consulting in Ireland in emerging media. But it also opened up a door where I actually do a Notre Dame football report uh, every fall uh, just to talk about the fighting Irish. And I've been doing that for maybe the past four years now. And so it's a growing population of Irish fans in Notre Dame. Unfortunately, last year with COVID, COVID got the shutout. Notre Dame and Navy could not participate in Dublin. And we were going to take some students over there to, to cover the game, but uh, we hope we'll still be able to do that down the road in the future. But uh, here's a great Irish connection is that you've heard of a guy in the, as a linebacker at Notre Dame called J.D. Bertrand? A little bit, <laughs> maybe. Just a little bit. Bertrand's father is an American who grew up in Dublin. And so we've had him on the show, and it's, it's really exploded because – Dublin City FM has adopted J.D. Bertrand as their player to follow. And with his father playing rugby at the famous Black Rock College, it's kind of like the Notre Dame football mm-hmm. program or the rugby program of high schools in, in Ireland. He has really caught the imagination of uh, young players who are playing at that school. And our, our listenership has actually increased because of that connection. So when we do the shows on Sunday, I always have to give an update on J.D. Bertrand and Guys, he has been the leading tackler every yes. this season, and, and you just couldn't ask for a better story. Maybe that's what could get his juices going because, man, he, he kind of came out of, I don't, don't want to say nowhere, but to be the leading tackler. I mean, he is just on all cylinders. Well, it's really that next man mentality. And when Marist Leofile went down, <laughs> yeah. it was Eddie Bertrand. And, you know, Vince will probably tell you when I would go to these press conferences, especially after the spring game, it's like, why is Len asking questions about J.D. Bertrand? <laughs> but we knew there was a connection. And we knew he was really excelling on special teams, but then the opportunity for him to take advantage of an opportunity, and actually Marist is one of his teammates, so you know how difficult that is, but it really kind of shows you the connection that these players have. They're always there for each other's back, and and when there's a misfortune, somebody's going to step up and fill the cleats of a player like Marist Leofile. So it's been a great story. J.D.'s parents come up from Atlanta for every game, and that's a story in itself. And we've got a story in Irish Illustrated coming out Uh, in the next couple of weeks about uh, the Bertrand family. Three boys. You might know the other one, guys. 
John Michael is a pitcher on the Notre Dame baseball team, mm -hmm. almost took him to the College World Series. And they've got another brother, Chris. All three of them are Eagle Scouts. Oh, wow. So you just can't ask for a better story, a better family, and just a role model for what the true student athlete is. And fortunately, there is a Notre Dame connection there. Well, see, you were just prophetic. I mean, that's all it was, is you knew that, you know, that JD was going to do what he did this year. So, you know, kudos to you, sir. Uh, yeah. I ask him, dad taught him any rugby trips, tri tricks, and he said, you know, my dad wouldn't let us play rugby growing up. It was too rough. And I said, well, I told Jim when I saw him today, I said, hey, that hit last week on USC where JD got a flag for being a little bit too rough, roughing the passer. I said, did you learn that from rugby? And he goes, no, that was all football. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's Len Clark. This is Tim Growl. We're with Vince D'Addario also on game day, legacy heating game day show. So let's, let's get your analysis since you cover the team quite extensively or whatever. Let's just start, let's start with the defense first. So how would you characterize where we're at, where we're at in the second half of the season just started? Well, big loss with all American primetime player, Kyle Hamilton out of the lineup. Uh, that's definitely a big blow. We know that North Carolina is probably going to try to pick on the Notre Dame secondary, but I think a key word that comes into my mind, this is an energized defense and the way that Isaiah Foskey is playing. I really think that Notre Dame could apply the pressure on Sam Howell and keep him in check. The colleagues at Irish Illustrated are predicting a higher score. I've got Notre Dame winning this ballgame 42-17. I really think it's going to be the defense that is going to keep Sam Howell and the Tar Heels in check. And I really think on offense that uh, the running game has been reestablished and the offensive line has improved, and Notre Dame will take care of the ball and uh, chew up that time of possession and just really get ready for the Naval Academy. So I really think this is going to be Notre Dame's night. I know North Carolina is always a nemesis, even though the all-time series is led by the Fighting Irish 19 games to two. I really think this is a chance for Notre Dame to go to 7-1 on the season. What's your opinion of the quarterback rotation? Well, this shows you how much I know. A couple of weeks ago, I said this was going to be Drew Pine's team for the rest of the season. Then the next thing you know, it's Jack Cohn starting at Virginia Tech. Uh, I think Chris Haynes probably said it right, is that it's tough to have a platoon in terms of quarterbacks because of the cadence and just the, the rhythm. But Notre Dame seems to have done that, and bringing in Tyler Buckner and certain RPO packages just makes it even tougher to, to defend or to prepare against. And so I think you're going to see Tyler Buckner in key situations as long as Jack Cohn can, can move the ball. And I really think, and Vince, you could probably attest to this as well, I was caught a little bit off guard with the up-tempo offense last week, and I th think that really that favors Jack Cohn. And I look uh, for them to continue that up-tempo, and if they do, Jack Cohn will be very comfortable as quarterback. Well, I'll, I'll agree with you that I was surprised. We've been calling for it, but for them to actually do it, I was uh, <laughs> I was definitely surprised that – that they actually did it, and then that Kelly doubled down in the post game and said, "Look, this is who we are now, and this is what we're going to continue to do." And man, I hope he's right because I think that is really what fits this offense. Well, let's just go back to that Virginia Tech game. You know, Brian Kelly really gambled. If Jack Cohn did not go in and and bring that team back to a victory, right. Brian Kelly have a lot of heat on him right now. Oh, Why yeah. did you? or what have it, or Tyler Buckner, but it just shows that there's a reason why I'm up in the press box and why he's coaching with headset. <laughs> uh, it just shows you, but, you know, we don't get a chance, Vince will tell you, that we don't get a chance to see the Fighting Irish practice that much, and so they see something uh, in practice with a Drew Pine as to why he is not the starting quarterback, but what I've told people is that the one thing that I saw with Drew Pine is that <clears throat> 
I don't think he has that mindset that he is a starter. Tyler Buckner has that mentality that this mm-hmm. is going to be a ball club. But, you know, Drew Pine, after a ball game that he did very well in, was saying, you know, I, I want to thank the coaches and <clears> Green Book <throat> for helping me prepare. But I really think you need somebody with that, let's use like a Jim McMahon type of mentality saying, hey, you're not dropping a ball on my watch. And uh, I think Drew Pine is a very capable quarterback, but the one thing that he would need to learn is to really kind of be a little bit more vocal and aggressive. And I think that's something that the coaches probably see in practice, but we don't see him, but that's why they're going with this platoon rotation with Buckner and, and Jack Cohn. So Lynn Clark, you've, you've covered Notre Dame for quite a, lo- a long time. I heard on Sportsbeat, oh God, I've been meaning to bring this up to you, Vince, also the, oh, three or four weeks ago, about they had an opposing a reporter from another team going on uh, with Sean and everything, talking about how they get to see virtually every practice at their team. So is this something that only Notre Dame does that limits the coverage or people in practices? And for other coaches that you've covered, from even at Notre Dame, what was their philosophy, Lynn? And then Vince, you can comment too, please. Well, I have to say this is kind of unique uh, at Notre Dame because when I went down to Virginia Tech and, and talked to uh, the students and the athletic department <laughs> access and it's pretty much as much access as you want that's just great coverage for the team and then when we tell them about some of the restrictions that we have we can only use so much video of a press conference or an interview with the player you know we're, we're basically trying to work with one hand tied behind our back and it's unique to Notre Dame it's done for a purpose and it's done for a reason and uh it, it's still Notre Dame is unique it sets the standard but uh Schools would like to aspire to be in a position that, like Notre Dame is to where they can make the call on the media and how it is controlled. Vince? Yeah, I'll agree with Len on that one. It, it, you know, <clears throat> Notre Dame has a lot of control because they have a lot of power. And, I mean, it, it is what it is, and we're, you know, subject to whatever they want, and that's fine, and we, you know, have to do what we have to do. But he's right. It's a little bit of a one-hand tie behind your back. But at the same time, I mean – um, you know, even if every practice was open, I mean, I don't think we would all go to every single practice. I mean, that would that would be would be a lot, obviously. But at the same time, it would be nice to have that option, right? You know, hey, you know, so and so, you know, we don't know who's going to start. I'm going to head to practice on Wednesday and see what's up. You know, that would be a nice uh, ability to have. But you know, we're used to it, and it really varies from university to university to school to school. And um, this is the hand that we're dealt, and um, it is what it is. And social media has had a big play on that. You know, Notre Dame Agreed. does not want any of their game plan being leaked mm-hmm. out. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and so really, you know, you're all in a position where you're you're trying not to fail. And uh, because of social media, you know, there are so many ways of people to get, you know, that first play that you're going to run. And, and I think Notre Dame is doing the right thing. We'd like a little bit more access, which would open up some advertising possibilities. But it is what it is and just make the best of the situation. Yep. Exactly. You got it. Uh, that's uh, Lynn Clark. Hey, Lynn, you, and I'm asking you this for the first time right on the air. Do you think we can try that Declan thing yet this year in November? Um, always up to that. He's always up to that. Uh, I, I'll definitely reach out to him today. I'm going to call him uh, before the game tonight just to tell him a little bit about the, uh, the, the game and, you know, so he can prepare for his show tomorrow. But we'll definitely try to get him uh, to get on the show. I know he really enjoyed it the last time. And we'll, we'll help him kind of navigate Google Meet uh, up uh, to that, and, uh, that he'll be prepared. <laughs> well, before we got on the air, we were talking about how uh, Bertrand, uh, JD Bertrand, has really become a symbol of Notre Dame football over there and really accepted. So maybe we can, we'll talk about that with Declan also, I guess. Oh, yeah. 
he'll, he'll be more than happy and uh, we'll, we'll get back. I'll actually let Vince know tonight if that's a go or a no. So, but I would say that if, if he's not covering a field hockey game or uh, <laughs> another sport out there, then uh, it's probably a good chance we'll be have, have him on the show whenever you need him. All right. Hey, Leno, appreciate it. Thank you so much. I'm sorry I had to reach out to you at the last minute. Uh, but you started for it. Hang out with you guys before a game. It's the highlight. You know, uh, you make message. me feel so good. With you, Tim, Matt, you know, your producer. And like I said, it's kind of the highlight uh, in my career to be a part of the show. It was a magical year, 2012, with Notre Dame going to the national championship. Yep. And I always like to hang out with you guys. Okay, we appreciate it. You go have a good game today. Root the Irish to a quiet victory since you can't show any expression up in the uh, press box. <laughs> All right. Have a All right, great thanks day. a lot. Have a good day. See you tonight, Len. Bye. Bye. We'll be back to with the key bank, keys of the game on Sports Radio 960 WSBT and streaming at WSBTradio.com. This is Legacy Heating and Air Game Day with Tim Grell and Vince D'Addario on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT. And your Legacy Heating and Air Game Day show is brought to you by Legacy Heating and Air, your heating and clean air specialist. Find them online at LegacyHeatingAndAirInc.com. Also brought to you by Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Contact Joe Ladig and Michelle Walker, John Shaver in South Bend. Uh, by Salsa's Mexican Grill. Share good times and great food this football season at Salsa's Mexican Grill. By Imperial Furniture in Dewajek, where furniture shopping is fun. By Food Bank of Northern Indiana. By Sherwood Tire. By Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger. By Lozier. Launch a career at Lozier. Apply today. Life at Lozier.com. By Lechleitner Door. By Flags International on McKinley Avenue in Osceola. Celebrate with team flags, customized flags, banners, and more. By Martin Supermarkets. By Pet Refuge. By Rug Company Studio and Gift Shop. By Tim Growl State Farm Insurance. By Zolman's Best Tire and Auto Care, serving you and your family for three generations. And by your local Auto Value Auto Parts store, where service is the difference. We get it. Tim? Hey, Vince. Thanks, hey, Vince. I know you're keeping an eye on the games that are going on right now, and you've got an interesting uh, uh, going towards a final end of a game. Well, it's uh, fourth and three, minute 47 to go. Michigan has the ball. They're trailing Michigan State by four points. Uh, and they're on the 31-yard line. So this is a pretty big play here for Michigan and uh, an attempt to keep this drive alive. They obviously need a touchdown with less than two minutes to play. The ball is snapped, and it is an incomplete pass. No flags on the play. I think Michigan State's going to pull this one out. God, and they were way behind at one point, point weren't they, they? They were behind by more than – by double digits. Um, yeah, so – Another classic, for Michigan State. another classic meltdown for Harbaugh's coach Michigan team. <laughs> love it. Love every second of it. <laughs> Those people got pulling their hair out. I'm just talking, I think you and I talked the other day, or, or I was talking with a number of people that, you know, he's whatever he's at right now, 7 and 0 and stuff like that. If he loses to Michigan State and Ohio State, doesn't make a difference at all. His season's gone because they yeah. just beat those people in the past. You got it. So, yeah, yeah it's going to be. Uh, it. <laughs> I'm not upset to see Michigan lose. It's just I'll just keep it at that. Well, let these teams keep, like I said, cannibalizing each other. So now they'll fall out of the top ten and stuff too. Yeah. Uh, Iowa's probably going to fall out of the top twenty-five now after their beating today. And I'm uh, and I'm almost uh, yeah. Iowa will drop. Obviously, Michigan's going to drop. And uh, but Michigan State still has Ohio State on the schedule. 
Uh, they got Purdue, Maryland, Ohio State, and Penn State. So um, obviously, this is a big hurdle to get over for them, but they they still hold their you know they hold their future in their hands. And Ohio State's on their schedule, and Ohio State's obviously on Michigan's schedule. So, so yeah, there's a lot of good Big Ten games to come. Lost to Michigan, so now they need to beat Ohio State. Penn State's already got two losses. So they need to be Penn State could I mean Penn State could beat Michigan State. You know, I mean they're they're good enough to do that. You know what I mean? But right. I mean they would just be playing for pride at that point. Wow. It's what a what a what a season. What a season. All yep. right, here we go to the Key Bank Keys to the Game, sponsored by Key Bank. Key Bank Smart Checking. They've worked hard to make checking smarter. No maintenance fees, no minimum balances, 40,000 ATMs. All that's pretty smart. Open a Key Smart Checking account today. Key Bank opens doors. For more info, visit key.com. KeyBank is a member, FDIC. So for our keys to the game this week, Vince is up. we got time for five. Okay. Keys if you got them. All right, sounds good. Well, my my first one is going to be who steps up. Uh, we talked about the fact that Kyle Hamilton is out of this game. Uh, you know, he's the All-American safety for Notre Dame. He was out after the first quarter in the last game but it's harder to adapt after you know in game when somebody goes down north carolina's had this entire week to plan for uh kyle hamilton not being in the game so who's going to step up outside of dj brown is somebody on the front going to step up puts a little bit more pressure on on sam howell is somebody uh is Tariq bracy going to step up and, and have just a banner day against josh downs you know, who is going to step up and help out? It's going to take a couple of guys to fill the shoes of Kyle Hamilton, no question. All right, number four. Number four, the O-line needs to continue their bull market tendencies. They need to keep getting better, right? I, I said earlier, they're knocking on the door of average, right, mm -hmm. as a group. All they need to be is average. They, they just need to be right there in the middle, and this offense could be really, really good. They're knocking on that door. They're not there yet. They're getting there. If they continue that incremental in, in uh, improvement, I, I think this offense is really, really going to take off. And number three. Number three, you've got to have a Josh Downs plan. Again, he <clears throat> is the slot receiver for uh, for North Carolina. He has 64 catches on the year. He's over 800 yards receiving. Both rank him in the top 10 in the country. Uh, the next leading receiver for North Carolina sits at 16 receptions. So, you know, he is the number one guy. You've got to stop him. Um, and if you don't, he can take a game over, you know, and he's slippery and he can make things happen. They're going to get him the ball on screens. They're going to move him around. They're going to get him matched up with safeties. They're going to get him matched up against your nickelback, which is Tariq Bracey. You have to have a plan for him and you've got to throw some different things at North Carolina to keep them, keep them thinking about how you're going to stop Josh Downs. And this is about the third or fourth really, really good receiver sure. that they've get. So how do you think And Notre Dame's done a good job on those other That's two. what I thought. So how do you yeah. think they're the same way? I mean, they 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 held him to being out affect your opinion then? A little bit, sure. I mean, they held the Purdue kid to, you know, a bunch of catches, but not very many yards. They held the uh the USC kid to, you know, multiple catches. I think he had 15 catches, but he never got in the end zone. Right. That's really important, right? Mm -hmm. um and, and so you know I, they're going to have a similar plan i would imagine but yeah i mean you lose kyle hamilton you're not going to be as confident as you were mm -hmm. um and so it's going to be interesting to see what they do with him for sure number two number two kind of continues on from number three uh you've got to tackle in space and you have to be successful at that notre dame has had some issues with that the last few games yeah. 
Cam Hart has missed some big ones. Uh, you know, Houston Griffith has missed a few. That you have to tackle in space, especially when Josh Downs gets his hands on the ball. Uh, I'm not necessarily afraid of of uh, North Carolina's run game per se, uh, but they can do it. And 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 Sam Howell can run the ball too. And when he runs the ball, he's going to be in space. So you have to tackle him. You have to be able to tackle Josh Downs. One missed tackle, and this game can go a different direction. So you have to be able to tackle in space. Yeah, it seems like they're, they're, everything's going well, and then all of a sudden they have, I don't know, there's a concentration slip that makes them not tackle well, or yeah. what happens in that. You know, I mean, get, Southern Cal was coming back in that game. All of a sudden they were they were missing tackles all over the place. So, yep. All right, number one, the number one key bank key to the game. Well, the number one key is that you've got to continue with tempo. You've got to keep this offense uh, up pace. Uh, you know, you, you have to use North Carolina's lack of defense against them. And, and Temple is the way to do it. They did a good job uh, against USC uh, Saturday night, no question. But they need to continue that. They need to build on it, and they need to keep Jack Cone comfortable. If they can do that, they're going to have a lot of success. All right. That's Vince's key bank keys to the game. Key bank up to 2% back for a excuse me, key bank credit card. And it earns up to 2% cash back on per, per, purchases with the key cash back credit card. Key bank opens doors. For more info, visit key.com slash cashback. KeyBank is a member FDIC. We'll be back to wrap up the show in a few minutes back here on the Legacy Heating Air Game Day show on News Talk or Sports Radio 960 WSB. This is Legacy Heating and Air Game Day with Tim Grell and Vince D'Addario on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT. And we're back on the Legacy Heating Air Game Day show. Vince, what was the final outcome there? Uh, down go the Wolverines, baby. 37-33. Michigan State caps it off with an interception and a kneel down. Game over. The uh, The Spartans are celebrating with the Paul Bunyan trophy right now. They put a, a Spartan helmet on him, and uh, <laughs> they're, they're all excited about it. And so I forget. I, Where's that being played at? It was at Michigan State. Okay. okay. There's an East Lansing. They get to uh, get to enjoy it. So that, that's good. What about the rest of the uh, top 10, top 15? What we got going on? Well, let's see here. Let me get back to that page here real quick. Uh, some interesting scores uh, around college football. No question about it. Uh, let's see here. Tied at halftime, Iowa State and West Virginia tied at 17. Georgia, Florida just underway. Oklahoma has an early 7-0 lead on Texas Tech. Oregon putting a hurting on Colorado. They're already up 14-0 in the first quarter. Some finals. Cincinnati uh, polishes off Tulane 31-12. to mm. Iowa gets just curb stomped by Wisconsin 27-7. Wow. West Virginia. Oh, whoops. Uh, there we go. Uh, Baylor puts away Texas 31-24. Miami completes the upset against Pitt 38-34. to Those are the games that have gone final in the top 25 and the ones that are currently going on. And there's still a lot of big games going on yet yet today and tonight. Yes, absolutely. So speaking of tonight, um, in the cold house that Rockney built stadium. So what's your final score prediction and how that's going to transpire? Well, I think that uh, you know, if if Brian Kelly is, is true to his word, um, and it's it's tough for me to to believe that when I listen to his press conferences over the years. But uh, if he's true to his word and they're going to build off tempo offensively, I think this offense is just going to absolutely take off. Um, I, I had 
I have Notre Dame down for 37 points. I, I think it could very easily get into the 40s, uh, but I'm just not ready to predict that just yet because I need to see it. Uh, you know, I'm one of those people. I need to see it before I believe it. Um, so I've got Notre Dame 37, and then I've got uh, um, North Carolina 21. I, I think they'll get into the end zone. They're, like I said, they're the most balanced offense that Notre Dame has faced all season, and they don't have Kyle Hamilton. Right. And so those two things combined, I still think Notre Dame's offense is going to take control of this game, and they're mm -hmm. going to be playing with a lead. And so the defense is going to be able to play unencumbered, and they're going to be able to pin their ears back and have some fun with it. But I think that I think North Carolina gets into the end zone a little bit. So I'm going 37-21. 37-21. You were pretty close last week. Very close, actually, last week. If, so. if Notre Dame punches it in and there at the end, I'm real close. There you go. Hey, thanks for Matt Embry back in the studio for producing the show. And thank you for all our listeners for listening and taking time out of their Saturday. Don't go anywhere. WSBT's Notre Dame coverage continues. It's details, X's and O's on game day sports beat. Merely following sports beat, it's the Notre Dame Network pregame show. Then it's kickoff just after 7.30 p.m. And don't forget to stay with WSBT and join the official Notre Dame postgame show. Next week, we'll be on from 10 a.m. to 12 noon as it is the return of the Midshipmen of Navy for another home game. So for Vince D'Addario, this is Tim Growl. We wish you a very happy Halloween. Thank you for listening to the Legacy Heating and Air Game Day Show. Uh, your home, Friday Irish Football, Sports Radio, 960 AM, WSBT South Bend. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today.